Well, good morning. I hope you're well, and uh, I think I need to get a little bow tie and a little hat next time. Um, would be would be good. He's uh, very very cool. I must admit. You know, there are so many things um, in this world that can steal our joy. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm constantly being pulled in a way of um, want, uh, in a way of comparison, whether it comes to things of TV and ads, social media, um, talking with friends, family. Uh, I'm constantly being wanting the next upgrade, the, the next new thing. Um, I don't know if you experience that as well, or if that's just me. Um, but it is tough these days. Theodore Roosevelt actually said this. He said, the comparison is the thief of joy. Have you heard that before? And uh, today I want to share with you just a whole other way in which we can obtain joy. And you know what? It may not be in the way that you think. You know, Winston Churchill actually said this. Um, he said, we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. Let's have a think about that just for a few moments. You know, we've, uh, Sean's talked to us about next week being Commitment Sunday, um, and over the past month we've been delving into our values, we've got seven different values that really underpin the vision and the mission of our church, which is bringing people to Jesus, equipping them to be fully devoted followers of Christ, and uh, I believe we are to uh, display or, or, or these values describe us as fully devoted followers of Christ, and this is the things that are important to us, this is us. Um, This week, it's all about generosity. So we're given to generosity, but it goes one step further in describing that, where it says we will lead the way with irrational generosity. And I believe today I want to help you to to understand what it looks like to live a generous life. So let me ask you the question, do you consider yourself to be a generous person? So I was thinking about that this week um, and in the past few weeks, just in my own life, my own family's life, um, and over time as well. And there's been so many different times where that has been evident. And generosity actually comes in different forms. You see, it was my daughter's birthday just a couple of weekends ago, and she got a card um, from her great granddad, um, which is really cool. Um, but it wasn't just a card because she opened it up and a couple of 20-pound notes fell out, you know. Um, and uh, she said, you know, uh, and we said, gosh, that's very generous. Uh, my wife Amy actually went, uh, she was at the hairdresser the other week, and um, when she was there, her hairdresser and her were talking about the different books that they read, um, and they realized that they liked the same author, and her hairdresser said, hey, I finished these books, hey, how about you, you have the books? And she's like, yeah, I'll, I'll take them off you. She came back and told me, and I said, wow, that's very generous. I was with my kids um, at Little the other day, and uh, you don't have, I don't have to get the big trolley anymore, because at Little, they have the little trolleys. You know those little ones? Um, but you still have to put the one pound coin in to unchain it. To, you know. So I do that. My daughter always goes in and gets it, and she, kind of, she bosses that trolley, and we, we go and get our stuff. We come out, and she's putting it back into the trolley to receive that um, one pound again. And uh, we have another family walk in, and their daughter runs in to get the uh, trolley. But then they say to the daughter, oh, we don't have any money on us. Um, so Megan looks at me, I look at her, um, and we sort of have this sort of understanding. And I was like, that's fine, you can give her the trolley. Even with the one pound inside. <laughs> and then the family said to me, gosh, that's very generous. 
You know, the first couple of days after Amy delivered our, uh, both of our kids, you'll know if you're a parent, those first few days and weeks are the most exhausting because you're sleep deprived. And the last thing you want to do um, is cook every day. And you know, I was blown away by family, of friends, and even people in our church family that are even here today um, who would literally knock on our door every day when we got home and they would literally be holding a lasagna. <laughs> They'd be holding a casserole. They even had some spicy chicken and jollof rice. Um, It blew our socks off, but we were grateful. (laughs) And every time we, even in that moment, but every time we look back, we always say, gosh, that's very generous. You see, generosity comes in different forms, whether it be through generous thoughts or generous words, maybe generous with our money or with our time, with our influence, our attention, or even with our uh, belongings. And after looking at generosity in all those different forms, you know, the the rarest and purest form of generosity is actually that of attention. Because so much out there is is trying to strive, trying to grab our attention. And for us to be generous in the way of giving our attention, we should be giving more attention to our families, to our friends, to our co-workers, more attention to our homes, more attention maybe today to even your pastor. So let me ask you the question, um, do I have your attention? Yes. Fantastic. Uh, If I have your attention, let's look at the screens for what generosity is. Generosity is the selfless act of freely giving and abundantly to others, motivated by love and compassion without expecting anything in return. It reflects the heart's willingness to share blessings and resources with those in need. Generosity is a divine virtue that mirrors God's boundless love for humanity and encourages believers to follow his example in blessing others and spreading kindness throughout the world. That's what it's all about. And as Christ followers, I truly believe that we should be embodying these principles that are laid out in Scripture. And as you read the Bible, there are dozens and dozens and dozens of passages on giving, generosity, people in need and where needs were being met, uh, people who are one-anothering, and we can see that. You see, we don't strive to get, we strive to give. It's more about we than it is about me. Even in Acts 20, verse 35, Paul is speaking and he says this. He says, In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work that we must help the weak. Remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself. (laughs) There's that passage. It is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Probably one of the most popular verses on giving uh, that you probably would have heard time and time again. But what truth there is to that. Proverbs 11:24 it says this it says one person gives freely yet gains even more yet another withholds unduly but comes to poverty a generous person will prosper whoever refreshes others will be refreshed it's this sort of weird, um, upside-down, back-to-front sort of notion that you read in the Bible or in the Gospels or in Jesus' teachings that is quite different than what the world is telling us. You see, the whole concept is if I have something and I give it to somebody else, then surely I'm now lacking in something. Surely I have less of. But the Bible is actually saying, no, the moment that you give freely, hey, you're going to gain even more. But if you withhold and you keep and you want to accumulate and hoard up, actually those people come to poverty. And I love it because it says, if you refresh others, 
You will not be lacking in anything, but instead you will be refreshed. But I think we also have to be cautious of the enemy. Because the enemy, in the moments when he might influence us in the way in which he's saying, you know, if you give, um, you would be lacking. If you give, if you didn't give, how much better off you would be? And, and these whispers and these thoughts come into your minds when, when it comes to things of giving. And I believe he has such a foothold and on uh, us when it comes to our giving and telling us that we shouldn't live this generous life. And if you still have doubts about that, uh, if, if you still think to yourself, well, well, why should I be generous? Then all I have to say is, look, you have to look at the cross. If you might ask yourself, you know, why should I give a tithe every month into the church? And I say, just look at the cross. You say, why should I stop in the middle of the road just to stop someone who's in need? And I say, look at the cross. Well, why should I um, give up my time and my energy? Why should I serve? And I say, look at the cross. Because for God so loved the world that he, he gave. You see, he set the example for us to follow. He first gave his one and only son to die for you, to bring you back into relationship with the Father. He has done, he has given, so I believe we are to give. And when we do give, we sort of tap into this heart of God. The word also says when we live this generous life, when we generously give, it's, it's an evidence of God's grace. It always promotes these, these many expressions of, of our thanks to God. And you know what? That's where I want to live. That's where I want to live. When we meet Jesus, we become generous people. It should be something that oozes out of us. It's something that is, you know what? This is us. We are given to generosity. You know, can you imagine a world where everybody gave and every need was met. Imagine it. You'd just see joy upon joy upon joy. And it's so great in the Bible, we can actually read of a community of people where the early church was formed in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Um, even John spoke to us about it in the video. Kwame talked to us about it last week, if you were here. And um, it's, it was the early church that formed from single digits to tens to hundreds, even to thousands of people, and they seemed to know something about this sort of life. And verse 44 goes like this. It says, And all the believers were together, and they had everything in common. What did they have in common? They were all generous people. They were selling their possessions and their belongings. They, they sort of went home and they looked around their house and they said, oh, I don't need that Ikea 2x4 anymore. Uh, I probably don't need all those clothes or all those uh, hundreds of pairs of shoes I have in my wardrobe. You know who you are. <laughs> but instead they went home and they, they, they put stuff on, on, on Facebook Marketplace, they put stuff on Vinted and they, they got rid of those stuff. But instead of the money just having it to actually buy more stuff, they actually went and said, hey, where's the need? Where is it that I can help? And they did that time and time again. It even says day by day, they were in the temple courts and they met together. But day by day, which means that they were generous, not just once in the year when all in came around, not just every month when they were, were asked to give of their tithes and offerings, but it was something that they lived every single day. 
They then went home and they broke bread in their homes. You know, someone had to buy the ingredients. Someone had to spend the time making the bread so someone could break it. (laughs) Someone had to open their home. Someone was probably cleaning the night before. Someone had to use their time and their energy to host people in their homes. Man, they were generous. And day by day, they did these things. They had glad and generous hearts. They praised God and they had favor with all the people in their community. And do you know what happened? The Lord added to their number every day those who were being saved. Why were people being added? Because generosity is infectious. You see, when someone is a recipient of someone giving, man, they've received joy. Someone who is giving, they receive joy. And usually if someone's looking at someone else who is doing a generous act, that person who sees that generosity will nine times out of ten go away and then be generous themselves. (laughs) Because it's infectious. And they seem to know something about this living of this generous life. They seem to know this, this very simple equation. And it's this. That giving <laughs> equals joy. Joy through our giving. And they lived a generous life, and I believe that we can do that too. If you're still not convinced, <laughs> I believe there's a few ways in which we really benefit from giving and being generous. And I actually got 11 different things, so I'm going to jump through them quite quickly. Um, but the very first thing is if when we live a generous life, I believe we have increased happiness. Anyone want to be happy today? Then be generous. Acts of kindness, whether it be financial, volunteering, or serving, they've all been linked to this increased happiness and feelings of fulfillment. How about reduced stress? Man, I could have some stress-less days, I have to admit. So I need to be generous, because it actually helps alleviate our stress. Improved mental health. They say if you actually practice generosity, it's linked to reduce the symptoms of even things like depression or anxiety, enhancing one's sense of self-worth and self-esteem. What about enhanced physical health? I want to tell you today, if you're going to give your time and your energy uh, and you want to join the kids team, (laughs) or you join the welcome team, or you go and join MK Can uh, next week, you're going to be moving your body quite a lot. It's only going to help you, and that's what it looks like when we're generous with our time. How about strengthened relationships? Because when we're generous, we rub shoulders with like, like-minded people, with people who are in need, and that only is going to help and strengthen uh, those relationships. How about increased empathy and compassion? Engaging in acts of generosity only enhances both of these things where we get to understand the needs and the struggles of others. What about a greater sense of purpose and meaning in life? knowing that we can make an impact on one another. How about a positive impact on society? We've seen stories already over this All In campaign. We're going to continue telling you more because we want to tell you what your giving is doing in our community and across the world. How about personal growth? If you're generous, it only encourages self-improvement, stepping out of our comfort zones, developing new skills, broadening our perspectives in the world. Or how about an inspiration for others? You know how how generosity is infectious? And actually, if you are, then it inspires other people to also do the same thing. And I believe if you do all those 10 things, then you'll have a pretty good chance to live a longer life. Who wants to live a longer life? Then be generous today and continue doing that. You know, I I think my, my... 
son, Zach, is uh, nine years old, and I, I actually truly believe he's going to live a long life. <laughs> um, I'm going to be quite biased at the moment, um, but I want to tell you that my son, and if you, have know, if you know my son, you'll know that he is um, one of the most um, caring, uh, compassionate, um, and empathic nine-year-olds I think I ever know. And uh, he is so generous in so many different ways. And there was a moment um, just recently that he was generous um, with the giving of a gift. And two weekends ago, like I mentioned, it was my daughter's birthday, Megan, and she turned seven. And uh, about a month before, my son, Zach, he came up to me and he's like, Daddy, Daddy, I know exactly what I want to buy Megan for her birthday. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I don't know where he got it from, whether it be TV or when we went into Smith's one day or whatever. He's like, no, no, I know exactly. It has to be this. He says, I have to buy her the Barbie plane. Here's the Barbie plane. It is pretty impressive. Um, there's got Barbie pilot, um, the, the, the big reclining chair, so Barbie, she flies business class, obviously. Um, the overhead compartments come down and there's storage, and like, it's got the lot. Like, it is. If I was a seven-year-old girl, I'd be pretty, I'd be pretty impressed. Um, he was like, I have to get it for her. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Well, well how, how much have you got sort of in your bank account? Because you're the one who's going to be buying it. <laughs> I have to tell you, the Barbie plane, it was about 60 pounds for this Barbie plane. So we had a look, and, and, we, and they've had um, a bank account for a little while now because it encourages them to, to save up while they do their chores every week to save up for things that, um, that they would like to get outside of Christmases and birthdays and things. Really good habit. And uh, he didn't quite have that much, but he was, he, was just, he was a little bit short of that. So I said, well, look, you might want to try and bump it up by doing some extra chores in the, ha- in the household, and we can see how we go. So he kind of goes away, and five minutes later, he comes back. And he says, Daddy, I've got, I've got one, maybe two hours spare at the moment if I could do some chores um, and sort of bump that up a bit. And I was like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. Um, so I was like, okay, we'll, we'll figure it out. He actually, by the end of it, he actually got enough money um, to, to buy it. And you know what? He emptied his entire bank account to buy the, bar- yeah, the, the Barbie plane for, for Megan. Now, when it, when it came um, in the post, like, oh, he was so excited when it came, and uh, we, we put it in the shed just to hide it away, and then we wrapped it, and then, and then the days were going by, and he would be like, oh, I don't know what I got for your birthday. You know, like, he was just so excited every day. And then finally, the day came when it was her birthday. The morning came. He was like, here, have your cards, because it's cards first, and then, then have your present, this one. He had, like, the biggest present on, on the table as well. Have that, have that, have that. And then the moment came where she opened the gift. Here's the, here's the reaction. Follow, followed by the next reaction, which, which, which came. And you know what? She was so overjoyed with it. He was so overjoyed to give it. And Amy and I were sitting there so overjoyed just looking at it. Because <laughs> that's what happens when you're generous. And you know what? It wasn't really about the gift, because the gift is a Barbie this year, and it's going to be something else next year. But actually, I was blown away by the heart of the gesture, because the love he has for his sister in making her happy was what it was all about. And this is what would be remembered. Stuff we don't remember, but it's how it made us feel, and the gesture of why we do it. And she was, he was so excited. 
I'm so challenged by that, maybe my nine-year-old, to be like Zach. <laughs> maybe you are too. You know, just to kind of conclude us today, I just want to share with you a couple of um, points today just to really help us move into Commitment Sunday. And in 2 Corinthians 9 verse 6, Paul's actually speaking to the church um, and he says this, he says, remember this, he says, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, whoever sows generously will also reap generously, for each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, there's literally no, shouldn't be, shouldn't be pressured at all. For God loves, what? A cheerful giver. And we've heard this so much, I know. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. And there's a few things I just want to highlight about this passage as we move into next week. The first thing is this, it's the principle of sowing. See, we want you to come to be intentional with your giving. You see, the pastor says, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. I want to go one step further and say, you know what? If we don't sow, guess what? Nothing will grow. Maybe our financial and our material blessings, they're like these seeds that we sort of plant in God's kingdom. And you know, when it comes to sowing, a farmer, that they know exactly when to plant. They know the planting dates. The farmer has a plan. He knows how to prepare the soil, remove the weeds, apply the fertilizer, and he gets all the seed he needs. He knows exactly how much to be generous throughout all of his land. And he knows that the sowing, the intentional part, is so important, which will determine what comes next. And I believe we have to give purpose to our finances so it really works in the way we want it to. Not willy-nilly or here or there or coming next week and go, oh, what do I have? Oh, I just got this in my pocket. But actually going and thinking and praying this week about what you feel that God would have you give this all-in season. But be intentional about it. The second thing is the nature of harvest. And this is really about being expectant. You see, our harvest is determined by the nature of our sowing. If I sow a little, I'll get a little. But if I sow a lot, then a lot will come back. And we need to believe that God is going to do something amazing with this giving. Then he's continuing going to work and impact and change lives. And I believe that God would help us do that and God would bless us also abundantly. Number three, I believe that the heart of a cheerful giving, we need to be delighted. We want you to come not feeling like, oh gosh, oh gosh, I have to give. No, I want you to come saying, hey, I get to give today. <laughs> and how amazing that's going to be. We want you to feel joy because I believe there is joy in giving. There is joy in living a generous life. So we need to go away and be a cheerful giver because it reflects a heart aligned with him. Maybe you need to examine your own attitude when it comes to giving and cultivate this sort of spirit of joy and gratitude as you do. And finally, God's faithfulness. I want you to be blessed today. Because God is faithful in fulfilling all of his promises. God provides not only for our needs, as the passage says, but it empowers us to be generous in every way. And we've got to do it day by day. Let me read to you just one final excerpt of generosity. 
Generosity is the radiant and selfless expression of one's heart, characterized by a sincere desire to uplift others. It's a beautiful act of giving, whether through the acts of kindness or time or resources or love, without expecting anything in return. In its essence, generosity illuminates our humanity. It fosters connections and ignites a ripple of positivity that transcends boundaries, leaving a legacy of compassion and goodwill for generations to come. This is us. We are a generous people. And now it's our time to respond. So come next week. Be intentional. Come and be expectant with what God's going to do. Be delighted in your giving. And overall, be blessed to make a difference in our world. And I pray it in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen.